Section one of Prefaces and Prologues to Famous Books. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Martin Giessen. Prefaces and Prologues to Famous Books. Edited by Charles W. Eliot. Title, Prologue and Epilogues to the Recuel of the Histories of Troy. Epilogue to Dicts and Sayings of the Philosophers. Prologue to Golden Legend and Prologue to Caton. The Recuel of the Histories of Troy. Footnote William Caxton query fourteen twenty two to fourteen ninety one merchant and translator learned the art of printing on the continent probably at bruges or cologne he translated the recuel of the histories of troy between fourteen sixty nine and fourteen seventy one and on account of the great demand for copies was led to have it printed the first english book to be reproduced by this means the date was about fourteen seventy four the place probably bruges in fourteen seventy six caxton came back to england and set up a press of his own at westminster in fourteen seventy seven he issued the first book known to have been printed in england the dicts and sayings of the philosophers the following prefaces and epilogues from caxton's own pen show his attitude towards some of the more important of the works that issued from his press title and prologue to book one here beginneth the volume entitled and named the recuel of the histories of troy composed and drawn out of divers books of latin into french by the right venerable person and worshipful man raoul lefebvre priest and chaplain unto the right noble glorious and mighty prince in his time philip duke of burgundy of brabant etc in the year of the incarnation of our lord god a thousand four hundred sixty and four and translated and drawn out of French into English by William Caxton, mercer of the City of London, at the commandment of the right high mighty and virtuous princess, his redoubted lady Margaret, by the grace of God, Duchess of Burgundy, of Lautrilque, of Brabant, etc., which said translation and work was begun in Bruges, in the county of Flanders, the first day of March, the year of the incarnation of our said Lord God, a thousand four hundred sixty and eight, and ended and finished in the holy city of Cologne, the nineteenth day of September, the year of our said Lord God, a thousand four hundred sixty and eleven, etc and on that other side of this leaf followeth the prologue 
when i remember that every man is bounden by the commandment and counsel of the wise man to eschew sloth and idleness which is mother and nourisher of vices and ought to put myself into virtuous occupation and business then i having no great charge of occupation following the said counsel took a french book and read therein many strange and marvellous histories wherein i had great pleasure and delight as well for the novelty of the same as for the fair language of french which was in prose so well and compendiously set and written which methought i understood the sentence and substance of every matter and for so much as this book was new and late made and drawn into french and never had seen it in our english tongue i thought in myself it should be a good business to translate it into our english to the end that it might be had as well in the realm of england as in other lands and also for to pass therewith the time and thus concluded in myself to begin this said work and forthwith took pen and ink and began boldly to run forth as blind bayard in this present work which is named the recuel of the trojan histories and afterward when i remembered myself of my simpleness and unperfectness that i had in both languages that is to wit in french and in english for in france was i never and i was born and learned my english in kent in the weald where i doubt not is spoken as broad and rude english as in any place of england and have continued by the space of thirty years for the most part in the counties of brabant flanders holland and zealand and thus when all these things came before me after that i had made and written five or six choirs i fell in despair of this work and purposed no more to have continued therein and those choirs laid apart and in two years after laboured no more in this work and was fully in will to have left it till on a time it fortuned that the right high excellent and right virtuous princess my right redoubted lady my lady margaret by the grace of god sister unto the king of england and of france my sovereign lord duchess of burgundy of lautrec of brabant of limburg and of luxembourg countess of flanders of artois and of burgundy palatine of hainaut of holland of zealand and of namur marquess of the holy empire lady of frisia of salines and of mechlin sent for me to speak with her good grace of divers matters among the which i let her highness have knowledge of the foresaid beginning of this work which anon commanded me to show the said five or six choirs to her said grace and when she had seen them anon she found a default in my english which she commanded me to amend and moreover commanded me straitly to continue and make an end of the residue then not translated whose dreadful commandment i durst in no wise disobey 
because i am a servant unto her said grace and receive of her yearly fee and other many good and great benefits and also hope many more to receive of her highness but forthwith went and laboured in the said translation after my simple and poor cunning also nigh as i can following my author meekly beseeching the bounteous highness of my said lady that of her benevolence list to accept and take in grey this simple and rude work here following and if there be anything written or said to her pleasure i shall think my labour well employed and whereas there is default that she arret it to the simpleness of my cunning which is full small in this behalf and require and pray all them that shall read this said work to correct it and to hold me excused of the rude and simple translation and thus i end my prologue epilogue to book two thus endeth the second book of the recuel of the histories of troy which books were late translated into French out of Latin by the labour of the venerable person Raoul Lefebvre, priest, as afore is said, and by me indeed and unworthy, translated into this rude English by the commandment of my said redoubted lady, Duchess of Burgundy. And forasmuch as I suppose the said two books be not had before this time in our English language, therefore I had the better will to accomplish this said work, which work was begun in Bruges, and continued in Ghent, and finished in Cologne, in the time of the troublous world, and of the great divisions being and reigning, as well in the realms of England and France, as in all the other places, universally through the world that is to wit the year of our lord a thousand four hundred seventy one and as for the third book which treateth of the general and last destruction of troy it needeth not to translate it into english forasmuch as that worshipful and religious man dan john lydgate monk of berry did translate it but late after whose work i fear to take upon me that am not worthy to bear his penner and inkhorn after him to meddle me in that work but yet forasmuch as i am bound to contemplate my said lady's good grace and also that his work is in rhyme and as far as i know it is not had in prose in our tongue and also peradventure he translated after some other author than this is and yet forasmuch as divers men be of divers desires some to read in rhyme and metre and some in prose and also because that i have now good leisure being in cologne and have none other thing to do at this time in eschewing of idleness mother of all vices i have deliberate in myself for the contemplation of my said redoubted lady to take this labour in hand by the sufferance and help of almighty god whom i meekly supplee to give me grace to accomplish it to the pleasure of her that is causer thereof 
and that she receive it in grey of me her faithful true and most humble servant etc epilogue to book three thus end i this book which i have translated after mine author as nigh as god hath given me cunning to whom be given the lord and praising and forasmuch as in the writing of the same my pen is worn my hand weary and not steadfast mine eye dimmed with overmuch looking on the white paper and my courage not so prone and ready to labour as it hath been and that age creepeth on me daily and feebleth all the body and also because i have promised to divers gentlemen and to my friends to address to them as hastily as i might this said book therefore have i practised and learned at my great charge and dispense to ordain this said book in print after the manner and form as ye may here see and is not written with pen and ink as other books be to the end that every man may have them at once for all the books of this story named the recuel of the histories of troy thus imprinted as ye here see were begun in one day and also finished in one day which book i have presented to my said redoubted lady as afore is said and she hath well accepted it and largely rewarded me whereof i beseech almighty god to reward her everlasting bliss after this life praying her said grace and all them that shall read this book not to disdain the simple and rude work neither to reply against the saying of the matters touched in this book though it accord not unto the translation of others which have written it for divers men have made divers books which in all points accord not as dictes dares and homer for dictes and homer as greeks say and write favourably for the greeks and give to them more worship than to the trojans and dares writeth otherwise than they do and also as for the proper names it is no wonder that they accord not for some one name in these days have divers equivocations after the countries that they dwell in but all accord in conclusion the general destruction of that noble city of troy and the death of so many noble princes as kings dukes earls barons knights and common people and the ruin irreparable of that city that never since was re-edified which may be example to all men during the world how dreadful and jeopardous it is to begin a war and what harms losses and death followeth therefore the apostle saith all that is written is written to our doctrine which doctrine for the common will i beseech god may be taken in such place and time as shall be most needful in increasing of peace love and charity which grant us he that suffered for the same to be crucified on the rude tree 
and say we all are men for charity dicts and sayings of the philosophers first edition fourteen seventy seven epilogue here endeth the book named the dicts or sayings of the philosophers imprinted by me william caxton at westminster the year of our lord a thousand four hundred seventy and seven which book is late translated out of french into english by the noble and puissant lord lord antony earl of rivers lord of scales and of the isle of wight defender and director of the siege apostolic for our holy father the pope in this realm of england and governor of my lord prince of wales and it is so that at such time as he had accomplished this said work it liked him to send it to me in certain choirs to oversee which forthwith i saw and found therein many great notable and wise sayings of the philosophers according unto the books made in french which i had often before read but certainly i had seen none in english until that time and so afterward i came unto my said lord and told him how i had read and seen his book and that he had done a meritorious deed in the labour of the translation thereof into our english tongue wherein he had deserved a singular laud and thanks etc then my said lord desired me to oversee it and where i should find fault to correct it whereon i answered unto his lordship that i could not amend it but if i should so presume i might appear it for it was right well and cunningly made and translated into right good and fair english notwithstanding he willed me to oversee it and showed me divers things which as seemed to him might be left out as divers letters missives sent from alexander to darius and aristotle and each to other which letters were little appurtenant under dicts and sayings aforesaid for as much as they specify of other matters and also desired me that done to put the said book in imprint and thus obeying his request and commandment i have put me in devoir to oversee this his said book and behold as nigh as i could how it accordeth with the original being in french and i find nothing discordant therein save only in the dicts and sayings of socrates wherein i find that my said lord hath left out certain and divers conclusions touching women whereof i marvel that my lord hath not written them nay what hath moved him so to do nay what cause he had at that time but i suppose that some fair lady hath desired him to leave it out of his book or else he was amorous on some noble lady for whose love he would not set it in his book or else for the very affection love and good will that he hath unto all ladies and gentlewomen he thought that socrates spared the sooth and wrote of women more than truth 
which i cannot think that so true a man and so noble a philosopher as socrates was should write otherwise than truth for if he had made fault in writing of women he ought not ne should not be believed in his other dicts and sayings but i perceive that my said lord knoweth verily that such defaults be not bad ne found in the women born and dwelling in these parts ne regions of the world socrates was a greek born in a far country from hence which country is of all other conditions than this is and men and women of other nature than they be here in this country for i wot well of whatsoever condition women be in greece the women of this country be right good wise pleasant humble discreet sober chaste obedient to their husbands true secret steadfast ever busy and never idle a temperate in speaking and virtuous in all their works or at least should be so for which cause is so evident my said lord as i suppose thought it was not of necessity to set in his book the sayings of his author socrates touching women but forasmuch as i had commandment of my said lord to correct and amend where i should find fault and other find i none save that he hath left out these dicts and sayings of the women of greece therefore in accomplishing his commandment forasmuch as i am not certain whether it was in my lord's copy or not or else peradventure that the wind had blown over the leaf at the time of the translation of his book i purpose to write those same sayings of the greek socrates which wrote of the women of greece and nothing of them of this realm whom i suppose he never knew for if he had i dare plainly say that he would have reserved them specially in his said dicts always not presuming to put and set them in my said lord's book but in the end apart in the rehearsal of the works humbly requiring all them that shall read this little rehearsal that if they find any fault to arret it to socrates and not to me which writeth as hereafter followeth socrates said that women be the apparels to catch men but they take none but them that will be poor or else them that know them not and he said that there is none so great impetument unto a man as ignorance and women and he saw a woman that bare fire of whom he said that the hotter bore the colder and he saw a woman sick of whom he said that the evil resteth and dwelleth with the evil and he saw a woman brought to the justice and many other women followed her weeping of whom he said the evil be sorry and angry because the evil shall perish and he saw a young maid that learned to write of whom he said that men multiplied evil upon evil and he said that the ignorance of a man is known in three things that is to wit when he hath no thought to use reason when he cannot refrain his covetise 
and when he is governed by the counsel of women in that he knoweth that they know not and he said unto his disciples will ye that i insane and teach you how ye shall now escape from all evil and they answered yea and then he said to them for whatsoever thing that it be keep you and be well ware that ye obey not women who answered to him again and what sayest thou by our good mothers and of our sisters he said to them suffice you with that i have said to you for all be semblable in malice and he said whosoever will acquire and get science let him never put him in the governance of a woman and he saw a woman that made her fresh and gay to whom he said thou resemblest the fire for the more wood is laid to the fire the more will it burn and the greater is the heat and on a time one asked him what him seemed of women he answered that the women resemble a tree called edelflar which is the fairest tree to behold and see that may be but within it is full of venom and they said to him and demanded wherefore he blamed so women and that he himself had not come into this world nay none other men also without them he answered the woman is like unto a tree named chasswinier on which tree there be many things sharp and pricking which hurt and prick them that approach unto it and yet nevertheless that same tree bringeth forth good dates and sweet and they demanded him why he fled from the women and he answered forasmuch as i see them flee and eschew the good and commonly do evil and a woman said to him wilt thou have any other woman than me and he answered to her art not ashamed to offer thyself to him that demandeth nor desireth thee not so these be the dicts and sayings of the philosopher socrates which he wrote in his book and certainly he wrote no worse than afore is rehearsed and forasmuch as it is accordant that his dicts and sayings should be had as well as others therefore i have set it in the end of this book and also some persons peradventure that have read this book in french would have read a great default in me that i had not done my devoir in visiting and overseeing of my lord's book according to his desire and some other also haply might have supposed that socrates had written much more ill of women than herefore is specified wherefore in satisfying of all parties and also for excuse of the said socrates i have set these said dicts and sayings apart in the end of this book to the intent that if my said lord or any other person whatsoever he or she be that shall read or hear it that if they be not well pleased withal that they with a pen race it out or else rend the leaf out of the book humbly requiring and beseeching my said lord to take no displeasure on me so presuming but to pardon whereas he shall find fault 
and that it please him to take the labour of the imprinting in grey and thanks which gladly have done my diligence in the accomplishing of his desire and commandment in which i am bounden so to do for the good reward that i have received of his said lordship whom i beseech almighty god to increase and to continue in his virtuous disposition in this world and after this life to live everlastingly in heaven amen golden legend first edition fourteen eighty three prologue the holy and blessed doctor saint jerome saith this authority do always some good work to the end that the devil find thee not idle and the holy doctor saint austin saith in the book of the labour of monks that no man strong or mighty to labour ought to be idle for which cause when i had performed and accomplished divers works and histories translated out of french into english at the request of certain lords ladies and gentlemen as the recuel of the history of troy the book of the chess the history of jason the history of the mirror of the world the fifteen books of metamorphoses in which be contained the fables of ovid and the history of godfrey of boulogne in the conquest of jerusalem with other divers works and books i no wist what work to begin and put forth after the said works to fore made and forasmuch as idleness is so much blamed as saith saint bernard the mellifluous doctor that she is mother of lies and stepdame of virtues and it is she that overthroweth strong men into sin quencheth virtue nourisheth pride and maketh the way ready to go to hell and john cassiodorus saith that the thought of him that is idle thinketh on none other thing but on liquorous meats and viands for his belly and the holy saint bernard aforesaid saith in an epistle when the time shall come that it shall behove us to render and give accounts of our idle time what reason may we render or what answer shall we give when in idleness is none excuse and prosper saith that whosoever liveth in idleness liveth in manner of a dumb beast and because i have seen the authorities that blame and despise so much idleness and also know well that it is one of the capital and deadly sins much hateful unto god therefore i have concluded and firmly purposed in myself no more to be idle but will apply myself to labour and such occupation as i have been accustomed to do and forasmuch as st austin aforesaid saith upon a psalm that good work ought not to be done for fear of pain but for the love of righteousness and that it be a very and sovereign franchise and because me seemeth to be a sovereign whale to incite and exhort men and women to keep them from sloth and idleness and to let to be understood to such people as be not lettered the nativities the lives the passions the miracles and the death of the holy saints 
and also of some other notorious deeds and acts of times past i have submised myself to translate into english the legend of saints which is called legenda aurea in latin that is to say the golden legend for in likewise as gold is most noble above all other metals in likewise is this legend holden most noble above all other works against me here might some person say that this legend hath been translated before and truth it is but forasmuch as i had by me a legend in french another in latin and the third in english which varied in many and divers places and also many histories were comprised in the other two books which were not in the english books and therefore i have written one out of the said three books which i have ordered otherwise than the said english legend is which was so tofore made beseeching all them that shall see or hear it read to pardon me where i have erred or made fault which if any be is of ignorance and against my will and submit it wholly of such as can and may to correct it humbly beseeching them to do so and in so doing they shall deserve a singular laud and merit and i shall pray for them unto almighty god that he of his benign grace reward them etc and that it profit to all them that shall read or hear it read and may increase in them virtue and expel vice and sin that by the example of the holy saints amend their living here in this short life that by their merits they and i may come to everlasting life and bliss in heaven amen caton 1483 prologue here beginneth the prologue or proem of the book called caton which book hath been translated into english by master bennet burg late archdeacon of colchester and high canon of st stephen's at westminster which full craftily hath made it in ballad royal for the erudition of my lord boucher son and heir at that time to my lord the earl of essex and because of late came to my hand a book of the said cato in french which rehearseth many a fair learning and notable examples i have translated it out of french into english as all along hereafter shall appear which i present unto the city of london unto the noble ancient and renowned city the city of london in england i william caxton citizen and conjury of the same and of the fraternity and fellowship of the mercery owe of right my service and good will and of very duty am bounden naturally to assist aid and counsel as far forth as i can to my power as to my mother of whom i have received my nurture and living and shall pray for the good prosperity and policy of the same during my life for as me seemeth it is of great need because i have known it in my young age much more wealthy prosperous and richer than it is at this day 
and the cause is that there is almost none that intendeth to the common wail but only every man for his singular profit when i remember the noble romans that for the common weal of the city of rome they spent not only their movable goods but they put their bodies and lives in jeopardy unto the death as by many a noble example we may see in the acts of romans as of the two noble scipios african and asian actilius and many others and among all others the noble cato author and maker of this book which he hath left for to remain ever to all the people to learn in it and to know how every man ought to rule and govern him in this life as well for the life temporal as for the life spiritual and as in my judgment it is the best book for to be taught to young children in school and also to people of every age it is full convenient if it be well understood and because i see that the children that be born within the said city increase and profit not like their fathers and elders but for the most part after that they become to their perfect years of discretion and ripeness of age how well that their fathers have left to them great quantity of goods yet scarcely among ten to thrive whereas i have seen and known in other lands in diverse cities that of one name and lineage successively have endured prosperously many heirs yea a five or six hundred years and some a thousand and in this noble city of london it can unneth continue unto the third heir or scarcely to the second oh blessed lord when i remember this i am all abashed i cannot judge the cause but fairer no wiser no better spoken children in their youth be nowhere than there be in london but at their full ripening there is no kernel no good corn found but chaff for the most part i wot well there be many noble and wise and prove well and be better and richer than ever were their fathers and to the end that many might come to honour and worship i intend to translate this said book of cato in which i doubt not and if they will read it and understand they shall much the better con rule themselves thereby for among all other books this is a singular book and may well be called the regiment or governance of the body and soul there was a noble clerk named pogius of florence and was secretary to pope eugene and also to pope nicholas which had in the city of florence a noble and well-stuffed library which all noble strangers coming to florence desired to see and therein they found many noble and rare books and when they had asked of him which was the best book of them all and that he reputed for best he said that he held cato closed for the best book of his library then since that he that was so noble a clerk held this book for the best doubtless it must follow that this is a noble book and a virtuous and such one that a man may eschew all vices and ensue virtue 
then to the end that this said book may profit unto the hearers of it i beseech almighty god that i may achieve and accomplish it unto his lord and glory and to the erudition and learning of them that be ignorant that they may thereby profit and be the better and i require and beseech all such that find fault or error that of their charity they correct and amend it and i shall heartily pray for them to almighty god that he reward them end of section one